The Power of the Word is brought to you each week by the support of our partners and friends. Last week on Power of the Word. This is a, this is a, a process of, of things that maybe need to be repented of that we, we go to God for in a time of, of prayer and fasting. We tell God, you know, I look, I've been spending too much time in front of the TV, maybe, or too much time or not enough time in the Bible, you know. And so there, there can be that element in there where you, you know, you rectify things. But the point is in this, is this is not something to be seen before men. That's not why we do it. We do this to come in connection with God. Life gives us plenty of things we could worry about, but the Bible gives us answers for how to live above the cares of this life. God wants us to live completely free from worry and anxiety. In this series, Carefree Living, Pastor Ed King explains the dangers of worry and how to combat it. He also shares what the Bible says about replacing worrisome thoughts with the promises of God. It is very, very, very important to know what things you can control and what things you can't control and to separate the two. And the things you can control, control, and the things you can't control, trust God. To get this series as a digital download for $13 or on CD for $25, visit us at poweroftheword.com or call us at 800-956-4433. Carefree living is the most responsible thing you can do for your own well-being. Cast your worries and cares on the Lord once and for all and start living a carefree life today. We're found. We're not on our own. I, I, I think about these uh, little old dogs. You know, I, I like animals, you know, and uh, I don't know, some, of, some people don't. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't, but I don't like them as much as I, as I do. But, uh, but if, you, if you read in the Bible about beasts, you know, beasts are animals. That's what they are in Scripture. And you find that, that the word beast all through Scripture um, is referring to animals, and it talks about the beast around the throne of God. And there are animals in the very throne room of God right now. There are animals right there right now. Now, you don't worship animals or anything like that. But the Bible tells you a spiritual man takes care of his beasts. If you've got animals, you're supposed to take care of them. And it's a spiritual problem if you don't. That's a spiritual... That's a, there's a, there's a, and there's a lot of connections between people who are abusers of animals and become abusers or actually criminal abusers with humans. They, it goes together. Um, you, you see it. You see those behaviors. Now, again, I'm not telling you you need to go out and, you know, adopt a, a stray. You can do what you want to about that. But the point is, is I think we should care because they're God creature, God's creatures. And we, sh we should care. We should have a, a heart to not see them suffer. Uh, I, I believe that. Within reason. But, you know, there's whole, there's whole groups out there, you know, they want to save the whale and kill the baby. I don't... <laughs> 
There's something amiss, you know, but it's still not wrong to care for animals. And so uh, why am I saying all that? Well, uh, a lot of times, you know, we, we, we see these pictures that, and they, they do them to, to tear our heart of these stray animals that need adoption and things like that. And, and, and they're lost and they need a home. And it's, a, it's kind of a nice thing when you think about people who, who adopt these strays. You know, that, that's a, I think that's a good thing to do. I really, I really do. Now, I'm not advocating it for, you know, any other reason than just to tell you that's a compassionate thing to do. But see, we were lost people. And God took us in. He found us. You say, well, I found the Lord. <laughs> Well, you, you probably couldn't have found him if he hadn't have been revealing himself. The only thing you know about God is what he lets you know about him. When you have a God, listen to me. When you have a God that is extra creation, when you have a God that created a universe as vast as this one is, and to him it's no more than an erector set, and he's not bound by it, and he doesn't have to live in it. He just has it. He's beyond it. And you got this vast universe, and he lets you learn things about him in it. The best you can know taint much in comparison to his grandness. And the only thing that you know about him is what he lets you know about him. And thank God he let us know enough. Welcome to my world. He lets you know enough to invite you in. And the universe forever will unfold his revelation to you. He is new every morning throughout eternity. There's enough of him to be new every day and never repeat the same thing twice. My God. Mm. So he found us, number one. Then he said he led us. That word led means he became a compass or a guide. I'm, I'm telling you from the Hebrew what it means. He means he set his boundaries or borders and the parameters for our life or his calling. See, God has a plan for you, and he's given you parameters. He's given you this whole thing that said, this is my world for you, and I'm going to show you what it is. See, not all of us have the same world. A lot of us have parallel uh, functionality. In other words, my world will cross over into yours. Your world will cross into mine. But you have a unique world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. It doesn't overcome the whole world. It overcomes your world. And I'm going to tell you, all of us are uniquely and wonderfully made, and all of us have an aspect of the world that's uniquely ours. God created you in a certain way, and there's not another one like you. And your uniqueness is your value. God does not want us all homogenized into one group where we all look, sound, act, talk, think the same. You're valuable the way you are. You're important the way he made you. And what he said when he led you, he's talking about leading you in accordance with how he made you because he knows you better than you know you. He's the one that put it in there at the beginning. He knows what you like, 
and what you don't like. He knows what makes you tick. He knows what turns you on and turns you off. And he's not surprised if you like a hot rod. <laughs> he put it in there. That's all I know. Amen. Some of us get it. Some of us wish we got it. <laughs> Amen. So he found us and then he led us and then he instructed us. That's what it says. Amen. He instructed us. The word instruct means to give understanding, discernment, make you skillful, make you wise. These are all out of the definition of the Hebrew word. Gave him eloquence. Gave him cunning. Gave him intelligence. Increase your IQ. You ain't smart enough, it ain't over. Well, you can never increase a person's IQ. That's not what that said. You going to buy that one? Why should you buy that one? Well, which of you taking thought can add one cubic to your stature? He didn't say you couldn't add a cubic to your stature. He said you just can't do it by thinking about it. You might be able to do it if you pray about it. Well, you can't do that. Well, who said you can't do that? I don't know if I'd want to be a cubit taller than I am, but maybe an inch or two wouldn't hurt. What I'm getting at is we sell ourselves short and we think we're absolutely contained and confined and we're not. And that's exactly what it says. You can add to your IQ. Boom. Now, there, take it. Amen. You can make your intelligence grow because he said he'd let you do that. And it says he marked him and he destined him distinctly apart from others. And the instruction that it gives you is unique to you. I'm talking about guidance through fasting. This is the part of the deal. Unique guidance based on you, your talents, your skill sets, your giftings, your callings, your parameters of life, your upbringing, your heritage, your color, your gender. And there's not 18 genders. God created them male and female, created he them. He knows more about it than we do. So that's the end of that story. Amen. <laughs> and, then, and then he said, now I'm talking about the heritage of Jacob, which is in t the, the, the faster is entitled to. He said he kept him. That means he guarded him. He watched after him. He protected him and he preserved him. All of these are the rewards of the faster. Now see, again, when I first began to, you know, people talk to me about fasting, I just thought all you did was go hungry. See, I didn't know what was behind the curtain. Hmm. But I found out. And now, rather than fasting just as something that you dread, now fasting is something that, my God, Look what's available here. Look what God's told me could happen in my life. You need direction for your life? I'm telling you how to get it. 
You need to break through. You need to know how to get an education. I'm telling you how to get it. I'm telling you, direction, everything you need, it it starts unfolding. The whole process starts unfolding. (laughs) Deuteronomy 32, 12. It says, so the Lord alone did lead him. The Lord alone did lead him. Now listen to this. And no strange God was with him. Do you realize the day we live in that there will be seducing spirits and doctrines of devils? Men will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. There is a blackness of darkness. There's a midst of darkness. The God of this world had blinded the minds of them. You know all those scriptures I'm talking about that are related to the last days? Do you see right here? No, listen, no God, strange God will lead them. The Lord alone is allowed to be your guide. There are no misstep, sidestep, half step, wrong steps to the faster. If that doesn't mean anything to you, I, Nor and I have led this church for over 43 years. And in 43 years, and I've been in public ministry for at least 45. In addition, you know, to not 45 additional years, but 45 total, this 43 contained in that. But in 43 years, we've never led this church into a doctrinal ditch. Ever. All the stuff it's blown through, blown by, everybody buying into, and we've stayed right on the money. Why? I believe it's that. Probably not the only reason. But you see them come and go, in and out. I've seen a hundred churches come and go since we've been here. If I've seen one. We don't come and go. I had one come and talk to me, telling me all the changes I need to make. I said, and I told him I was nice. I said, look, I was here before you got here, and I'll be here when you're gone. And it proved to be true. Because <laughs> I'm not changing what I'm doing to accommodate what you want me to do. We just don't get off. Stay with the book. You'll be all right. Amen. Now, I mean, you know, you have to, you know, I, I say that with, with the recognition that anybody take heed when you think you stand lest you fall. You, I, I take that into account. I'm not arrogant about this. I'm not saying I couldn't. I'm just saying we haven't. You get what I'm talking about? Are you home today? Barbara's prayers were answered when her husband, Julius, came to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior while watching the Power of the Word broadcast. Sadly, Julius passed away soon after. But Barbara is at peace knowing that he made Jesus his Lord and Savior and that soon they'll be reunited in heaven. Hi, I'm Carly. I'm the producer here at The Power of the Word, and we often hear of individuals coming to know Jesus as their Lord and strengthening their relationship with Him through our broadcast. God is doing incredible things in this ministry, and it is all made possible by our faithful monthly partners. We truly, truly cherish your partnership. I want to ask you today if you would consider becoming a monthly partner with us. When you partner with a ministry like Power of the Word, the blessing on that ministry comes into your life as well. Becoming a partner is very simple. 
just go to powerofthewordcom slash partner. Call us at 1-800-956-4433 or text GIVE to 865-978-6380. From all of us here at Power of the Word, thank you for your partnership. So when you live in a world of fake news, lies, false doctrines, propaganda media, God says, uh, none of it will get you faster. Talking about guidance by the Spirit. He promised you that. You want that? If you don't want that, I don't know what more we could offer. That's the ticket for living. Amen. So he made him to ride upon the high places. The devil gets to walk, you get to ride. Said he'll raise him above his enemies, the satanic crowd, all that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and he told you he'd provide for you bountifully. The fat of lambs, the ram of the breeze, the breed of Bashan, goats, on and on and on. I won't go into that. Now, we find over here in Acts 13, I'm close to being finished. Well, I won't say that. I'm close to stopping. But I ain't ever going to be finished. This stuff just goes on forever. Amen. But we find in Acts 13, there's a passage there familiar to you. Verse number one. Now, there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that is called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manian, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. They ministered to the Lord and fasted. Everybody say fasted. And the Holy Ghost said. So you see the environment in which the Holy Ghost said? They prayed and fasted. They set themselves apart, and God met them. They ministered to the Lord. That's worship. They brought their worship to the Lord and they fasted. And the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work wherein to have called them. Now the separation of Barnabas and Saul, Paul, to later be the Apostle Paul. They at this moment in time in their life were a part of this group of prophets and teachers. So Paul and Barnabas were either teachers or prophets or prophets and teachers at this time in their life. They were not in the full destiny that they had been set apart for before the foundation of the world. But when they came into a time of prayer and fasting, God began to set them more purposefully into his will. They had gone through steps and training. You say, well, they would have gotten there anyway. You don't know that. You don't know that at all. You may never read one book that Paul wrote had this event not happened. There may have not been any part of the New Testament written by the Apostle Paul because at this time he was not the Apostle Paul. He was a prophet and a teacher or, you know, something. But he was not an apostle. 
And during a time of fasting, I'm talking about guidance by the Spirit during our times of fasting. And the Holy Ghost said, separate Paul and Barnabas for the work whereunto I've called them. And they were separated out of that group of prophets and teachers. There was nobody else emerged. It was those two. Separate them for the work whereunto I've called them. And they were separated at that time. Now it goes on to say, and when they had fasted, they again continued to fast. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. And they set them apart and recognized them into the office of the apostle. And we read now half the New Testament written by one of those people right there. And so here we have the revelation of the Apostle Paul that was at least not fully given, but at least initiated through prayer and fasting. And Paul was set apart for the work one to I've called him. You wonder why sometimes you don't get the direction you need for your life? You wonder why you can't figure out what you were put here for? You wonder why you just seem to go from job to job or from mess to mess and you seem to flounder? I might be telling you. The Scripture might be telling you. God has a purpose, He has a destiny, and He has a plan for you. And you may never step into it until you set yourself apart on times before God spent in prayer and fasting. That's why I said I wouldn't move across country. I wouldn't move from here, hither and yon until I fasted and prayed and sought God. Because God, and the devil's a deceiving devil. You kidding me? He'll lead you around by the nose till the cows come home. How long does it take for cows to come home, John? Oh, wow, wow, I just... Anyway, he's got cows, you know. See, he knows more than I do. I don't have cows. You know, he knows. But uh, anyway, you know, just a little play on words there. All right, we're having fun with you. You okay? You okay? All right. But now notice again, Matthew 6, 18, that thou appear not unto men but fast, but unto the Father, because the Father is where we're headed which is in secret, and the Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. There is an open reward promised to you, child of God, when you fast. I've just covered a little bit of it. Last week we talked about this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fast. That's one of them. Today we're talking about guidance that comes into our life through times of prayer and fasting. We don't have to flounder in life. We don't have to wonder. God wants to reveal Himself. But sometimes we need to set apart a day or two or maybe three or maybe longer if you can. And I'm not trying to condemn you for it. And I'm not going to tell you you're going to be heard because you've been there a long time. Maybe. But I'll say this. You find again and again and again in Scripture, Jesus fasted 40 days to start His ministry. We find Moses fasting 40 days on the mountaintop and got the tablet of God. Paul started his ministry with a time of fasting. We see David fasting. We see Moses fasting. We see it again and again and again and again. The men, the men and women of God we find in Scripture who did great and wonderful mighty exploits in the kingdom of God were people of prayer and fasting. 
and down through history, not just recorded in Scripture, but recorded in church history. We find it again and again and again. Much power is made available through prayer and fasting. So it's not drudgery. It's opportunity. It's a wonder to be able to enter into His presence and extract the plan of God for our life through prayer and fasting. What a sacred thing. What a holy thing. So yeah, I might go hungry a little bit. Yeah, I can't say that I really enjoy going without food. But my goodness, the opportunity that awaits us. What a wonder. What a joy. What a privilege. So do we dread it? I don't think so. Can't dread that. Maybe we sacrifice a little. But for what cause? For what reason? The comparisons are not comparable. The benefits are beyond measure. The opportunities, the vastness is beyond words. We get to come into His world. One of the number one questions that I hear as a pastor is how do you know God's will? How can you tell what to do? And how is God guiding me? One of the things that I've found over many years that when I get in that time that I really need to hear the voice of the Lord, and we need it all the time, but there's certain big decisions that require big guidance. I've always found it's important to maybe spend some time fasting before the Lord. Just go without some food for a meal or two or a day or two, or maybe longer even. But whatever the case may be, I've always found that when I would set myself to hear God, He'd always come through. We do it in faith, and it doesn't really, to the natural mind, make any sense. But it's a spiritual thing. The Bible says that when we fast, we're, we're led with the heritage of Jacob. That, so there's a, there's a leading, and I won't go into the explanation of all what that means. But there'll be no strange gods before us. And, and there's just a lot of things, no false guidance. And so it's an important thing. But you know, the number one form of guidance that we have is the person of the Holy Spirit within us. And you come into a relationship with the Holy Spirit by coming to know Jesus Christ. If you've never been born again, that's what you must do. And you need to do it today. You maybe say, well, I'm, I'm, I've been saved. I did that when I was a child. But you may, may be walking at a distance and you may not be close to God. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I take you right now as my Lord and my Savior. And I give my life to you to serve you today and forever. Sin, I don't serve you. Satan, I don't serve you. I repent of my sins. And Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Now, if you prayed that simple prayer, it's simple, but it's profound in its impact. It can change everything. It can change every eternity. 
it changes eternity. Let us know here what you've done. We want to pray with you. We want to love you. We want to love you back through our prayers and through our blessings. Thanks for being a part here of Power of the Word. And we look forward to our next time together. Uh, again, we know you don't have to tune in, but we're glad you do. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless you till then.